our father indeed you are the lord in the midst of covid you are the king in the midst of persecution and trials you remain the same nothing changes you whatever you like is what you do however you want to do it is how you do it men can run around looking for solution but you are in control you are lord indeed lord we give you praise this evening we worship you and we do not take it for granted the privilege of being in your presence we do not take your grace for granted lord you have brought us here again for some weeks we could not gather like this but you have made it possible for us to gather again lord we give you praise indeed you are the lord lord as we have gathered we know that you have something in stock for us therefore lord we pray speak to our heart this evening cause your word to mix with faith in our hearts that will rise up from here after now not to be only hearers of your word but people who will rise to do just as you have commanded be that glorified for in the name of jesus christ we pray praise the lord we are looking at a topic revival and faith or you call it faith and revival and uh, i want to put it this way the implication of faith in revival the implication of faith what has our faith to do in revival since this year we'll be talking of revival and uh, our team revived our work oh lord and uh, I came to understanding that even as we are asking God for revival, even as we are pleading and praying to God for revival, there are, uh, it is not possible for revival to take place without men. I looked at the two components of revival, God aspect and men aspect. In as much as God is willing to release his power, in as much as God is released to change our situation, in as much as God is willing to come down in our midst, he cannot do that without his men. So we are looking at what are the, what are the things that God expects us to do? And one of them is our faith. And we are looking at how our faith affect the revival. So we look at first the story of Gideon, Judges chapter 6 from verse 1 to 16. We want to see men who have run this race before us, who has been there before us, who worked with God. How did they fare? What was their experience? Judges chapter 6 we'll be reading some passages uh, Judges chapter 6, 1 to 16, Exodus chapter 3, 1 to 11, and chapter 4, 1 to 13. I read, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years, and the hand of the Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for them, themselves the dens, the caves, and the stronghold which are in the mountain. So it was whenever Israel 
had sown, Midianites will come up. Also, Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they will encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they, for they will come up with their livestock and their tent, coming in as numerous as locusts, both there and their camels were without numbers, and they would enter the land and destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. I just want to pause here. Israel was impoverished because of the Midianites. I, I think that we are also experiencing that situation now. We are will be faced with several issues in this nation. And we have been impoverished. We have been, we have not been treated well because of the leaders and because of the people that invade our land. And the, what happened to the children of Israel? They cried to the Lord. And that is what we are doing today. We are crying to the Lord for revival. We are crying to the Lord for him to restore us. We are crying to the Lord to put away these evils in our land. We are crying to the Lord to bring to an end the oppression in the land, the killings in the land. We are trusting the Lord to bring to an end all kinds of bad leaders in the land. We are trusting the Lord to bring revival upon the land. Even in the church, we are still trusting the Lord. The church is not safe from it. Thank God we are in a place that we, we hear the undiluted word of God. The church has been a place of partying, a place of ceremonies where you bring comedians to talk in the church and several things is going on. The children of God is being impoverished. The word of God is becoming scarce and scarce on daily basis. We are being impoverished. And the only solution is for us to cry to the Lord. The only solution is for us to cry to the Lord. Just as we've been doing this year, we have several talks on this that will cry to the Lord for revival. And let me continue. I said, it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, that thus said the Lord of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of the bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppress you and drove them out from you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whom land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth, terebinth tree, which was Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine spreads in order to hide it from Midianite. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O Lord, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all 
this happen to us? If the Lord is with us, why then do all this happen to us? That is why I picked that song. Yes, you are the Lord. Oh, Moses. Yes, you are the Lord. Oh, Moses. Are we asking that question today? If thou be with us, why is all this thing happening to us? But that does not change the name of the Lord. That does not make him not to be what he is. No matter the oppression, no matter the difficulties, no matter the situation we pass through, he is still the Lord. Praise the Lord. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles? which our fathers told us about. The saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us on into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this, in this might of yours and you shall have saved Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you so he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianite as the one. So this is where we are taking our reference. Verse 14 and 15. Go in this your might. We are looking at faith, and we've also say that God cannot do anything without man. He cannot do anything on the surface of the earth. Even as we are crying for revival, even as we are looking up to God to change our land, even as we are looking up to God to change our decision, to change our situation, but I see that God cannot do anything without a man. While we are crying to God, God is busy searching for a man who has faith in his heart, who he can entrust the responsibility of delivering his people. Who he can call and say, you are the one to go. You might be that person. You might be the person to deliver your family. You might be the person to deliver the church. You might be the person to bring the uh, deliverance upon Nigeria. You might be the person that God is waiting upon. And he has come to you and said, oh, you man of valor, go in this, your strength, go in this, your might. And you say to God, I don't have strength. I don't have might. How do you know? How do you know? We'll look at other people, other, uh, we'll look at a uh, story of other persons and we'll see that it is all the same thing. Before God will use a man, God will definitely make sure that the person agrees with him. He don't force his responsibility on you. As the people is, we are crying, Moses was born when the children of Israel was crying. And for 80 years, Moses has not started his assignment. The people were still crying. Until Moses came to a point where he turned aside to see and God said, yes, I've gotten his attention. I've gotten his attention and God began to speak 
to Moses. We will not read that passage. That's why I want to summarize it. God started by telling Moses all the story, all the things that he would do in Egypt. Trying to convince Moses to go, Moses was like, why will I go? At the end of chapter 4, verse 13, when God had finished all his saying, Moses replied and said, send somebody else. Let somebody else go. With all the miracles he showed Moses, with everything he displayed on Moses, and God cannot force you. God's anger born on, upon Moses. And thank God that he had a second chance for God to use him. For 80 years, the man was wandering and the people was suffering. So it is obvious that God will not do a thing except a man arise. Except you arise for your family. They may be crying. They may be weeping. The destiny of many can be lying in your hand. The destiny of many can be lying on my hand. The destiny of the church, your family, your wife, your children, the destiny of the people around you, the people in the office with you, the people that are working with you, the people that are relating with you, their destiny might be lying on, on, your, on you, but you have not arisen to take the responsibility. And God is calling you, come, let me send you. And you tell God that you don't have that strength. You will not be able to go. So we find out that even if you cry for revival and God did not see a man, we we'll see cry for quite a longer time. So the earlier we, we, we come up from a, storm, a, a, a slumber and take up responsibility that God is laying on each and every of us, the earlier the revival we expect will come. The earlier the church rise, the earlier the man is available, the earlier that the revival that we await in the church will come. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Acts of Apostles chapter 10. We'll see what happened with Peter. It's supposed to have started from around verse 15, but let's just read 28 and 29. As of Apostle, as of Apostle chapter 10, 28 and 29. If you see it, can you read? 29. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This was Peter speaking. God has come to Peter in a vision and showed him food, and uh, it's coming from heaven. And Peter said, no, it's unclean, I will not eat. And that is the process that God was taking Peter in order to convince him, in order to, to make him to agree with God that there is a revival that is awaiting in Gentiles. There are many souls that are waiting for Peter, for them to be saved. Cornelius on his side was praying. So when Peter went there, he made some confession. That's at verse 28. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nations. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common unclean. No. Sometimes we do selective revival. 
there are places that we think that God is bringing his revival. There are certain people that we feel that this is the place that we, we need to give attention. These are people that need to repent. Or it is our own people. It is about my own family. It is about my own church. Peter neglected uh, the Gentiles because of a law in the land that would not be seen as a Jew with the Gentiles. And uh, God had to visit him in a trance and speak to him and agree with him to agree with God to go for that event. Brothers, I think it's time for us to look into our life. How have we been rejecting God's proposals? He has come to you and gave you a proposal. Gave you an offer. This is where, what you do. This is where you go. And we said no. Peter arose without his station and he went to Cornelius. Even though it is out of his own will, even though the, the, the law in the land prohibits him to do that, but the Lord has spoken and he went without his station. Can we go without his station today? Can we rise up without his station? Can we put faith in our heart and say, Lord, we are rising from here to be agents of revival, to be men that we use, to be women that we use for your own revival. Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrew 11 verse 6. That without faith, it is impossible to please God. We cannot serve God. We cannot please God. Without faith in our heart, without faith believing that he is and is the rewarder of those who rejectly seek him, we cannot serve him. Revival we expect will still be far from us if men of faith do not arise. If men that agree with God do not arise. The problem has not been with God. God is always there for us. He is always there coming to us. See the plans he has made and he has tabled it with, to, to Moses and said, Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. I have come. He came to, to Gideon and also said the same thing. I have come to deliver my people. And you rise from here. God has our interest at heart. God wants to deliver us. God is not slack. He is not powerless. He is not, he, he is not uh, um, weary of helping us. Even though we need to cry, we need to call upon him, just like the people of Israel cried to God that you come and deliver them. Yes, crying to God is normal. But we realize that God is even ready. More than ready than the cry we made to him. He is ever available. He is ever ready to respond to us. He is only looking for men. He is only looking for me and you. Who will carry this? Who will say, yes, Lord? Who will say, yes, I'm going? Who will not, not look right or left? I look at the life of Gideon. Gideon, nothing was said much about Gideon before now. And uh, after the, Lord, the angel of the Lord met him, he went home and destroyed the shrines of uh, Baal and built altars of God. And I keep wondering, where did that strength come? And, you know, I came to realization that if God say you should do this, you might not see the strength in you. You might not see the possibility of you to do that. You might not see, see um, your ability in it. But God that has sent you knows the ability. Knows you have the ability. He sees the heart. He knows this man has mind. He was not, Gideon was not laid hand upon. There was no prophecy. 
There was no deliverance. Just speaking with him, he left and went home and started working. To tell you that this strength is inside. But God came to bring it out and tell Gideon, this is what you need to do. This is what God is expecting you to do. The same way he's calling upon us today and telling us, this is what you are going to do. And may we rise up from there to say yes to the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is possible that our faith may be small. It is possible that you have started with God. The call of, the call of God on your life, you have actually started. You have actually started making a move. And uh, along the line, it looks to you that this thing that God called you, is it serious at all? Is it, is it sure that he is going to do it? How am I sure that it is God that is leading me? You are not the first. Gideon had that issue. You know, after destroying the bar, he came back to God and said that he should prove to him, he should give him a proof that he will save Israel by his hand. And I see God that he's not worried about us asking him for a proof. He's not worried about us asking him for, for evidence. He's not worried. He will tell you. He will show you. Once he sees that your heart is leaning to him, he will show you. Gideon sincerely said, no, I've done this. Yes. The people of the land everywhere was running helter-skelter. Everywhere was rowdy. And they said that he had destroyed the, 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 the altar of Ba. We will kill him. We will kill him. And this man, having heard from God, went back and said to God, tell me, prove to me, how am I going to, how am I sure that you are going to deliver me? And God proved to him. And we look at another man who answered a call of God. And that was Peter. Peter, who said to Jesus, when Jesus was walking on, on the sea, he said, if it is you, Lord, bid me to come. Some passages said, command me to come. And Jesus said, come. Come. Just as we answer today, God is calling you to be the man that you will set on fire for his revival. And Jesus told him, come. And Peter, without waste of time, what did he do? He started walking. He started walking. On, this, on the sea, halfway, his faith. He looked around. He was afraid. Yes, it is possible that we started. We started with a great strength. We answered, Lord, yes, I will be the man for the revival of my family. But when there was oppressions, when there are persecution, when there are several issues coming up, we say, Lord, am I sure? Let me, are you sure that this thing is going to actually come to pass in my hand? How am I going to be sure? Peter, faith was going down. Peter looked at his life and said, Ah, is it me that is walking on, on the sea? How manage? How can I be walking on the sea like this? And he started sinking. Thank God he did something that I pray that all of us will rise up to do this evening. He cried to God. He cried to Jesus. He said, Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, save me. Bible says, immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and 
save Peter. And I don't think they were at the, at the, uh, 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 they were at the shore of the river. He stretched out his hand to, to save him. If they had walking on water and he stretched out his hand to save him, that means they finish up their work in water. So it is not out of place that somehow your faith is failing you. Somehow you are feeling that, how could this thing be in my hand? Am I sure that the Lord will deliver this nation in my hand? Are you sure that the Lord will deliver my family in my hand? Are you sure this revival that I will be partaker of it? This is a time for you to call upon God. Cry to him. Immediately, Jesus doesn't waste time. He doesn't delay for any man that calls upon him. We want to look at, at another life who looked at revival and uh, he, he felt that he should not be, she should not be part of it until um, she was told about the character of God and then she yielded. We look at Esther, the life of Esther. Esther chapter 4 from verse 10 to 17. We saw that place that when there was a decree, we won't read it because of our time, when there was a decree that all the Jews would be killed, and the message was sent to Esther. Esther said, it's okay. You know, I cannot go to the king. If I go to the king, when he has not called you, and if he re refused to raise his uh, scepter, that is the, your end. You will die. So I will not go to the king. That was the reply of Esther. Thank God for the man of God, the man of wisdom, Mordecai. And he told Esther one thing that we need to know about the character of God. That thing we need to know is that God has set to revive the land. He has set to restore the land. Whether you agree with him, whether you do not agree with him, whether you align in his purpose, whether you do not align in his purpose, what God has said to do, he will bring it to pass. And Mordecai told him, don't think that you will be in a palace that you will save. God will arise for the Jews. He didn't say everybody will, will perish. God will arise for, for the Jews. But you and your father's house will perish. So, I find out that if I don't, I don't key into this revival, if I don't become a partaker, if I don't become an instrument, it is possible that God will still bring his revival using other men, but I and my father's house will be gone. So the danger is not only for me not to key in. The danger is also that you could be destroyed. You and your father's house could be destroyed. If it's only to not, if I, I don't key in, God will leave me alone, I will stay on my own, it's okay. But God because you did not key in, the danger of your life and the life of all around you will be, will be the issue and will be at stake. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we saw that when he now told Esther, Esther said, no, go call the Jews. Declare fast. I and my maidens will also fast for three days. And after that, I will go to the king. And what did she say? 
If I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. I must go to the king. And that is what brought safety, salvation to the people of the Jew in that land. He, she took a decision because Mordecai told her, this is how God behaves. You know, I was, when I was looking at Moses also, I saw that at a time, the Bible says God sought to kill Moses. I, even though I don't understand that place very well, but the question I asked in my heart, this man that was born, and for 80 years, he was to deliver, what could he have done? See, what could he have done that God will sought to kill him? That means it could be a 80 years wasted, and God will start raising another man. And God sought to kill Moses. So, I, I sense this evening that God is talking to someone. That God is talking to us. Even though you have the anointing of God on your life, even though you are a minister, even though you are, you are, you are at any level, God is also bringing his word to us. And he's saying to us, Praise the Lord. God is also bringing this word to us this evening that we need to arise. We need to arise. We don't need to doubt God. Second King chapter 7, the man who King Lenon doubted Elisha and said, even if God opened the window of heaven, this thing could not be. When God has set his agenda, when God has set things in motion and said, by this time tomorrow, this thing will happen. And a, a man, a common man said, even if God opens the window of heaven, using his own human mentality, his own human calculation to judge the things of God. And Elisha told him, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not partake from it. Praise the Lord. May that not be our portion. Esther, immediately was, she was told, she said, no, let me go and die first than for God to destroy me and my family. And she went and succeeded. But this man, I thought she would have begged Elisha. But he said, okay, let's see now. And tomorrow, it happens. And she was stepped upon, trampled upon, and she died. Praise the Lord. So, in our conclusion, because of our time, in our conclusion, we looked at We want to look at Revelation chapter 3. Let's just conclude. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. That is the biggest revival that God has given to us. And the first revival, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Okay. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Praise the Lord. So, just as I said earlier, that the Lord, our God, is ever ready, even more than the cry we are crying to him. And at this point, he said, I stand at the door of your heart to knock. If any man will open the door of his heart, 
what will he do? He will come in and dine with you. So I want to charge you this evening. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is the first revival. Other revival will not take place in your life. Because it is with faith that you believe that Jesus is Lord. If you refuse to open the door for him, what you are saying to God is that you did not die for me. I did not believe it. I don't believe you died for me. I did not believe. And God cannot work with somebody that does not believe him. He will continue to knock. He will continue to plead with him. Even if it takes him two days. He takes Gideon some days. Say, Lord, do this thing like this. Tomorrow, let me see how it works. If God was waiting, he was still knocking in, in his heart. Even if it takes him one year, as long as you are alive, God is still knocking at the door of your heart. If you have not given his li your life to him, he's still knocking. That is the first thing. That is the first revival. That is the first revival that God is expecting you to, to happen in your own life. Before he split up, up, up to other persons, the first revival is that you will accept him in your life. You will open the door of your life to him. You will say, Lord, I believe. You will say, Lord, I accept you. Lord, I believe you died for me. And you open the door of your heart. What will you do? He will come in. He will dine with you. And he will transform your life. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Is there some good I should have done? Is there some soul I should have won? Have I heard some one thoughtlessly? Lord, give me light that I might Help me judge myself each day to walk this new and living way. I seek thy grace with all my heart to be pure, just as thou art. Can you talk to God this evening? Is there some good that you should have done? Is there something that have got that have destroyed because you have not risen? Is there some soul that have got lost because a man have refused to agree with God for the, the revival? Have you heard someone thoughtlessly? It may be your family member. You may not know that you have heard someone because you have not arisen. You have held down the destiny of people because you have not arisen. Can we ask God to give us light? Can we ask God to shine the light of his word in our life? Let the light of his word, let it make it clear to you. Where it is still not clear. Where it is still not clear. The man said, I see men like a tree. Jesus said, no, no, it cannot be like that. And Jesus came back the second time said, you, and he said, yes. He has to see men clearly. You can't see men like a tree. If you are in a confused state, ask the Lord. There are some good that you should have done. There are some souls you should have won. But because of our lukewarmness, because of our, our, our faithlessness, because of our unbelief, the people of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years because of unbelief. The journey of 40 days took 40 years because of unbelief. God has planned it 40 days and they went into the wilderness. They said, let them send 12, 12 persons to go. And, and when they came back, they brought false reports, and that was the end. They said, no, no, we are not able. God said, it's okay. All the people that say that we're not able, they will die in this, in this place. 
and I will take your children, whom you have been saying our children are small, our pregnant women are this. I will take all of them to the promised land. And God did it. 40 years. They were wandering around from one mountain to the other mountain, from one place to the other valley, from one place to the other because of unbelief. Unbelief can keep, keep the revival of God, the restoration of God for quite a long time. Moses stayed for 40 years. He could have said, Lord, use me. He could have kneeled down in Egypt and said, Lord, use me. He could have shortened the time, but he ran away. Unbelief, not agreeing with God, he ran away. And for 80 years, it was delayed. The deliverance of the people of Israel was delayed. Is the deliverance of the church being delayed in your hand? Is God waiting for you? Can you ask God to help your life? Can you ask God to help you? Can you cry to God this evening? Can you cry to God this evening to help you? Is there some good I should have done? Is there some I should have won? In Jesus' name, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord God, we thank you for your word this evening. Lord, that none of us here will be a clock in the wheel of revival. Lord, as we come to you, yearning for your blessing in our life, coming to you in faith, asking you, Lord, that you will use us. May we be instrument for revival in Jesus' name. Amen. Starting from our family, our personal life, our places of our places of work where we spend most of our time in the church, that the church will yet arise again and be the light of the world. Father Lord, so that, that your purpose will come to be. Lord, nobody will come against your plan. We ask, Lord, that we will be in tune with your plan for mankind. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.